We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready? Down! Put, 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 put! This is the Bear Report Podcast. With Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. Well, what's up, Bears fans? Welcome to another edition of the Bear Report Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Pearson. The 2022 regular season is winding down as we now have. Two games left on the year, and we hope that you all had a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays. It wasn't so merry for the Chicago Bears on Christmas Eve as they lost to the Buffalo Bills. They have now lost eight straight games. They're 3-12 and 12 on the year. We're going to break that game down as well as preview Week 17 against the Detroit Lions. Two divisional games left on tap. Before we get into all that, though, I have to welcome in my co-host, Aaron Lemming. Aaron, welcome in, man. How was your holidays, first off? And um, how are you doing now preparing for the final two games of the season? Yeah, holidays are good, man. It's always always nice to have that break. So, yeah, it was definitely good. Hope hope the same for you and uh, your family. And, you know, it was it was it was good. This is like we were talking about before. This is kind of a nice little reset for me. I can get some stuff done, kind of get back on track and, you know, start the new year. Probably hopefully not as exhausted as I have been. So that's a plus. But, yeah, man, the the Bears, man, it's just <laughs> it's got to reach in that point in the season where, they stay competitive for about three quarters, and it's just kind of a toss-up in the fourth quarter whether they're going to, you know, challenge to win the game or, you know, end up kind of losing control. And for anybody who didn't watch the game, the score looked a lot worse than the game really was. I mean, obviously the Bears' offense didn't didn't score a lot of points, and that was probably the big factor. But I mean, they hung in strong for three quarters. They had to lead at halftime. I mean, they're playing in the first half, especially they're playing some pretty good football. Um, and you know, again, they're on an eight game losing streak. They're three and 12 right now. They're magically challenging for that number one, uh, overall pick, depending on what happens with Houston and what happens with the bears over the next two weeks. But it's, uh, you know, I, I think there are some, some solid things to take away, um, from the fact that the bears are just not going away. They're a hard team to put, put away. They're a hard team to beat. And, you know, you got to you got to play the full 60 minutes. It's not one of those you jump out to a 21 point lead and then you can coast. I mean, the Bears have been sticking in these games and I don't think there's a lot of teams right now, especially playoff contenders that are wanting to see the Bears, uh, you know, the Detroit Lions and and Minnesota Vikings, uh, you know, moving forward over these next two games. I mean, the Bears are a tough out right now. And I think that that is at least worth noting in, in, in such a bad season in terms of record. 
Yeah, and I think, you know, the big thing is the Bears really have been hit hard with the injury bug lately. Um, I mean, look at the game against the Bills. They were out their two top corners in Jalen Johnson and Kendall Vildor. Um, they were out Eddie Jackson as starting safety. They were out a couple guys on the offensive line. You know, they didn't have Cody Whitehair. They didn't have Tevin Jenkins. Um, obviously, you know, Lucas Patrick has been out as well. Um, the receivers, they didn't have Claypool. They didn't have um, Darnell Mooney. It was just like a, a kind of, uh, you know, just throwing a bunch of guys and see what happens. And when you like go to evaluate Justin Fields and his offense and his team, I mean, it's like he's throwing to guys that are wide receiver four, wide receiver five, and a lot of um, a lot of other teams. But that's how it just is right now. I mean, that, that's just the state that they're in. They've had a lot of injuries. They have guys that have been shuffling around. And you and I have said it. I mean, it's just now it's just time for evaluation. Like, guys are getting a chance to show, you know, what they can do. You know, you, a guy like Nikhil Harry, um, someone like Kyler Gordon, a rookie who has had his ups and downs, he's put together two really good games. Jalen Jones, um, Josh Blackwell, guys like that um, that are pretty much auditioning for uh, a shot next year um, at this roster. You know, I look at it as like you have your off-season workouts and your off-season, um, you know, activities and then training camp. I kind of look at this as like a very early, early training camp, if that kind of makes sense, where guys can audition and see. But yeah, you're starting to see where where the weaknesses are in some spots, but also we have to keep in mind, I mean, they're pretty banged up. They're dealing with a lot of injuries going into this final two weeks. They are. They are. And it'll be interesting to see if if Chase Claypool and, and Equinemius St. Brown can get back out on the field. Same thing with Tevin Jenkins, uh, at least according to Brad Biggs's 10 thoughts, uh, you know, post-game uh, after Saturday's game. It sounds like uh, David Kaplan's original report last week of Cody Whitehair being done for the year is true. So, yeah, man, the, the, they're I mean, they're getting hit hard with injuries, which is crazy because for the longest time they didn't hardly have any injuries at all. And it seemed like their injury luck was actually one of the better in the league. And unfortunately, that's kind of gone away. But, you know, at this point in time, I mean, it's it's kind of one of those things like it you want to, you want to see what they have in some of these other guys, you know, some of these guys that you'd mentioned um, and just kind of see, you know, what's going on um, and, and kind of go from there. So it'll be, I don't know. It's going to be interesting just to kind of see, cause like you said, some of these guys are, you know, auditioning for spots next year, obviously not really starting spots, but at least depth uh, spots moving forward. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see kind of, you know, what shakes out over these next few weeks. I don't know. I don't know if you noticed it, but uh, Alex Leatherwood didn't play, didn't, he wasn't in the rotation. Um, so I think that that might be over with at this point in time. I don't know if they're gonna, you know, kind of like, you know, I, I guess kind of re, re, uh, I don't know, rethink what they're going to do with him or if he's one of those guys that's going to be on the roster bubble moving into next year. I don't know, but I thought that was kind of interesting how he basically got two weeks worth of rotations. He had, in my opinion, one solid week, one pretty rough week, and that was it. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know. I guess we'll see. You know, Larry Borum uh, played, you know, some guard. I wasn't really overly impressed. I think at this point in time, you can kind of plug and play him wherever you want, but I don't think he's a starter at this point. And I think that's fine, though. I mean, obviously, that you need uh, better offensive line depth. And as we saw um, last week, I mean, both Jack Conklin and Elgin, Elgin Jenkins uh, both signed extensions 
with their team. So, you know, this free agent market in some ways is going to thin out in terms of the names we're seeing right now. Um, obviously some higher price veterans might get cut and you might see some, you know, names being added like every year, but it's going to be very interesting to see what the bears overall thought process is on their own roster and the moves that they make. Cause I think if you go back to, you know, let's just say 2017 going into 2018, like the bears were really dang bad, man. They were, you know, five and 11 or, yeah, I guess they're five and eleven because they were only sixteen games, and it seemed like there were a lot of maybe role players slash depth players that all of a sudden you know stepped into a bigger role once the team was better and there was more talent around them. Um, I think you know you can kind of point to a few guys on the defensive line at that point. Uh, I think you look at a guy like Adrian Amos who had a really big fourth year for the Bears and obviously went on and, uh, you know, got paid pretty well. Bryce Callahan was kind of that same way where he was a pretty solid player and then all of a sudden turned into a really good player. So I think it's one of those things where you you get an idea and then you surround this these players, these current players, who are you going to keep with more talent and you kind of see if they're able to grow because a lot of these guys, you know, especially these rookie and these younger players, there's not a lot of talent on either side of the ball right now. I mean, the defense has been playing, at least in my opinion, pretty well. Again, yeah, they gave up 35 points, but if you really watch the game, I mean, they 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 played considerably well for the majority of that game. And frankly, the offense put a lot of pressure on them uh, with how conservative the play calling is. And the fact is they only had the one touchdown, you know, on that first drive of the game. So when you start looking at both, you know, both ends of the roster, when you're looking at offense and defense, I think if you start surrounding some of these, you know, these younger players, maybe some of these questionable players with better talent and, and allow them to have less on their plate, I think we could also see, you know, situations where some of these guys maybe blossom more because as we've seen with a guy like Darnell Mooney, I think is a prime example where when he had Allen Robinson out on, out on the field, even though Allen Robinson, you know, didn't have a good year at all, but when he had Allen Robinson out on the field, he was a thousand yard receiver. And then all of a sudden this year with the struggles of the offense and everything else going on, when he was truly the guy, their number one receiver, he didn't produce like one. So I think when you, when you add more talent around the roster, uh, good talent and you help the players that are already there that maybe could be better than they are, but they need some more help. I think that that's another way that you could see improvement moving forward. But again, you have to identify those players because not every single one of the players on the bears roster right now is just magically going to get better with better talent around them. So I think that that's where they've kind of got to figure out, okay, you know, I think they've got right around 30 free agents this year, somewhere thereabouts, um, you know, and they got to basically figure out who they're going to keep, which I think it's going to be a short list and then how they're going to attack things in free agency. Because again, you know, the market's already thin at some areas. It's probably going to thin out a little bit. You may see some, you know, older veterans hit the market, but the bears are going to have to be smart, but they're going to have to spend money. So again, it's going to be very interesting to see how they evaluate this roster uh, in terms of guys like Jalen Jones, Josh Blackwell, those kind of names where they say, okay, these guys can get better um, as time goes on and with more talent around them versus maybe somebody like Alex Leatherwood where, you know, or even Larry Bourne where they are what they are at this point. They're either going to be depth or they're going to be, you know, bubble guys uh, moving into next season. So again, you know, two more games to kind of figure things out, but there's been no shortage of uh, younger uh, underdog type players getting chances over the last few weeks. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know who really impressed me on Sunday against Buffalo? It was kind of a tough game to evaluate um, overall because I, I just I really think that the play calling was just absolute garbage, um, especially that second half by the Bears. But man, Kyler Gordon on defense was someone that really, really caught my eye again. And that's the second straight week. I mean, he's picked off now Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen in back-to-back weeks. That's two MVP candidates. That is the two quarterbacks from the top seeds in the NFL right now. And he did it primarily working on uh, on the outside. You know, we've seen him in the slot a lot this year. He's kind of switched back and forth, but his main spot has been in that slot. Going to the outside because of injuries, he's kind of showing that he could he, he could do it both. And um, the interception he had was was really, really good and a good sign for him moving forward because watching that, he read the play perfectly. It was almost like he knew what was coming when the ball was snapped and he kind of picked everything and, and saw it all come into place at once. And I asked him about it after the game, and he said, yeah, you know, that's from my film too. That's something that I, I, I study on film. That's something that I kind of knew was going to happen. I was going to have to read this. I was going to have to read that. And if it went the way that, you know, I, I saw it, I was going to get, you know, that, that interception. And I mean, he's just, to me, I think now you, you re-sign um, Jalen Johnson, obviously, but you pair him with Kyler Gordon. And if you can find maybe another outside corner or another slot corner, and then let Gordon play the other way, um, you have your secondary set because I, I think they found a really good piece in Shaquan Brisker as well. And I think Eddie Jackson played a lot better this year. Um, so yeah, you kind of have that, that foundation in, in your secondary set. And I'm really excited to see, you know, Kyler Gordon grow and what else he can take from, you know, these final two games. Yeah. Kyler Gordon has played a lot better over the last few weeks, which is good because he was awful earlier in the season. And he kind of had some moments when he was okay. He had some moments where he's bad. And then, you know, and I, I wrote about this a little bit too, is, you know, sometimes injuries, uh, like injuries are obviously never good, but sometimes having that time off to kind of reevaluate. And he had three, he had three weeks off. He missed two games and he had three weeks total because of the buy off to be able to kind of recalibrate and get ready for this last portion of the season. And as we've noted, as a lot of people have noted, uh, you know, rookie corners especially usually struggle. There's not a lot of sauce gardeners out there. I mean, just, just think about it. I mean, sauce gardener for as good as he's been this year for the Jets, Jeff Okuda was on the exact flip side of that with the Lions, and he was the number, what was he, number three or number four overall pick with the Lions a few years ago? Like, 
it just, you know, in Jeff Okuda's turning into a really good corner. So you just never know. Like sometimes you have to give these guys some time. It seems like the light has gone on for Kyler Gordon. I mean, he's an athletic guy. He's not overly big. And and I agree. I think when you, again, when you go, when you fast forward and you start looking at the off season and their needs, corner is one of those spots where I think that you can, you don't need outstanding corners in this scheme uh, as we've seen before, you know, with Indy. I mean, they don't have any like, you know, when uh, Eberflus was the defensive coordinator, they never really had any like star studded corners that they signed or whatever. I mean, Kenny Moore was probably the best corner and that was a guy that they developed as an undrafted free agent. So yeah, I think you can go out and you can sign a, you know, above average corner to kind of complete that group. Kendall Vildor has proven that he's quality depth. I really hope that they don't go in with a plan of trying to start him again this year. Jalen Jones has shown flashes uh, you know, there's been some guys that have kind of shown up. And then, like you said, especially, you know, with the safeties, if it were me, I would give DeAndre Houston Carson a multi-year deal this year. Obviously, you don't have to pay him too big of money, but I think he's proved over the last like two or three years that he's really a guy that can be relied upon. He's probably not plus starter, but I definitely think he's at least an average starter. And he's one of those guys that you can kind of rotate in that safety. And as we've seen, injuries happen and it's good to have a, a quality number three safety, which he's been. Plus, he has good special teams value. So yeah, I think. Yeah, one more corner, and I think your secondary is pretty much set. I don't think linebacker is going to take a ton of work because I think Jack Sanborn showed enough to where I think you can say, okay, you at least, you know, you can at least give him a job. Let's just say, you know, if they, you know, if they sign like a middle of the road free agent or they draft some guy, you know, somebody in like the third, fourth, fifth round and, you know, have some competition. But I think he's shown enough that you can feel pretty good about uh, him going in at Mike. I think one of the big areas that they're going to have to improve on obviously is going to be Sam and just kind of getting maybe a little bit better, uh, you know, a little bit better of a guy there. Like I said, if, you know, a third, fourth, fifth round pick, something like that. But I think really the will is a spot where Moro has been okay. Um, I know that he kind of came in pretty, pretty hyped up. And I, I know a lot of people felt pretty good about him uh, with the Raiders before he got hurt. But I think that that is an area when you're looking at this free agent market where there's going to be a few different guys um, that really make a lot of sense. I think Bobby Okereke is one guy from the Colts that makes a ton of sense. One, because obviously, you know, he grew up in, in Matt Eberflus's scheme, but also he's a really good will. He's pretty underrated on that Colts defense, and I don't think the Colts are going to re-sign him. Uh, TJ Edwards, uh, we saw him a few weeks ago with the Eagles. He's another guy that's been playing really well. He may be more of a Mike, but he definitely has good range. But I think that that's one of those spots where you can say, okay, you know, we're not going to pay Roquan Smith $20 million, so we're going to ship him away for a second and fifth round pick. That's cool. But now you go out and maybe you cut that price in half. You know, maybe you go out and you spend 8 to $10 million a year on a, you know, a good will linebacker. And that kind of takes care of that, that back part of the defense. I think really, and I'm sure you would agree, and I'm sure most people would agree, I'm trying to figure out how the hell they're going to fix this defensive line, man, because this is probably the most pressure, uh, you know, in this Buffalo Bills game. That was probably the most pressure we've seen, consistent pressure we've seen them get on a quarterback in some time. And they still had, what what was it, one sack? And I think that came from Brisker. Maybe it was two sacks. But either way, I mean, they didn't – they still – they're not getting to the quarterback a lot. And there's multiple times where you think that they got, you know, the quarterback down and he gets out. And we saw that with Josh Allen. We saw that with Jalen Hurts a little bit. So – I, I think that the, the big key moving forward is I think a lot of these spots are going to be easy to fill. You know, another corner is going to be easy to fix. Uh, uh, a linebacker or two will be easy to figure out. But I think the big key right now is going to be that defensive line. Yeah, I, you know, 
that's the one position that's or one area that's that's like a glaring weakness. I think offensive line is up there as well. Um, but man, you're right. They're just not getting pressure at all from that defensive line. And, and you look, the guy who's leading them in sacks is a safety, and that's coming on blitzes. And you're right, he got another one the other the other day against Buffalo. Um, but yeah, it's 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 frustrating because it's like they're they're it's not even that they're not even getting sacks, they're not getting pressures, they're not getting you know hits on on the quarterback, and it's been multiple weeks. This isn't just you know, a one, two, three week thing. This is all season long. And, you know, Dominique Robinson had that big first game against the, the 49ers. And since then he's been quiet. Travis Gibson's probably been their most consistent. And, you know, even that's been a struggle for him this year. Um, you know, Justin Jones really hasn't got anything going up front. Um, Mike Pennell's had flashes here and there, but just nothing fully consistent at all. And you look, you know, the al Muhammad signing, it's been a really big disappointment. Um, they had to find, I've been saying it, man, they had to find that game wrecker. And that's why I think if they don't trade the pick back um, in, in this draft, it's almost like they're going to have to go Will Anderson or Jalen Carter. They need a game wrecker on that defensive line. I, I feel like they have their nasty on that offensive line with Tevin Jenkins, but finding that guy on the defensive line that can, you know, and it doesn't have to be a guy that gets, you know, because Jalen Carter's not, he's not a guy that's going to get, you know, 10, 12, 15 sacks, but he's a guy that's going to drastically improve or, or a guy like him. Improve your run defense. He's going to get pressure in the backfield. I mean, if you could find someone in free agency with that, you know, that, that would work out as well. But I, I think, man, getting that three technique, finding a game record in a defensive line should be priority number one for Ryan Poles this offseason. Yeah, I agree. I think priority number one needs to be in the trenches. I know everybody wants to focus on receiver and everything else, but yeah, I mean, you look at both sides of the line right now, and I think that that has been one of the big consistencies throughout the year that we've just seen the Bears just completely lacking. I mean, honestly, at this point, yes, the the offensive line needs a lot of help. Dude, the defensive line has no starting pieces whatsoever. I mean, you just kind of touched on some of the names. Like, they've got some good depth, and again, those guys would look a lot better with more talent around them because you're going to see yeah. a defensive line rotation. I, but well, yeah, I, I don't want to interrupt. You. I, I don't, I think, I think, I, I think you agree with me. I think it's more than fair to say they need four new starters on a defensive line. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I, and, and you know, what's unfortunate is I don't think that they're going to be able to get that done because when you look at it, I mean, I, I just look at the, like the free agent market at edge rush right now. Like, you have Marcus Davenport, who, when healthy, has been pretty good, but the key is when healthy, and he hasn't stayed healthy. And then you look at Yannick Ngakwe. Like, he's another guy where, okay, like, I guess, you know. So you don't really – there's not a lot of good edge, uh, you know, players out there. You almost kind of have to go for that, like, you know, that B-level player and and hope you hit on somebody in the draft. And then, again, an interior defensive line, I think, is going to be a little more interesting. I think Deron Payne and Draymond Jones are the two guys. If one of those two hits the free agent market, you throw every bit of money that you possibly can at one of those two because those are the kind of guys right there that are going to – that will really change everything. Draymond Jones is more of like a three technique. Uh, Deron Payne is more of a nose tackle. But, I mean, the dude's got, what, nine and a half sacks this year as a nose tackle? Like, he's really broken out as a uh, as a pass rusher. And I don't know 
We'll have to see. I don't know if Washington's going to be able to tag him or re-sign him. It's just kind of one of those, it's, it's too early in the game. The other one that could make some sense, although age is a little bit of a factor, is Javon Hargrave um, from, you know, f- from the Eagles. I mean, he's another guy, I think he'll be 29, uh, going on 30 right before the season starts. So, it's kind of one of those you probably get a few good years out of him and be a good stopgap, but I don't know how much sense that makes for a team, you know, like the Bears that are basically in the beginning of a rebuild and trying to build young talent. But again, like you pointed out, man, Will Anderson and Jalen Carter, those seem to be the two names. Uh uh Tyreek is a Tyree Wilson or Tyreek Wilson. Um, like I can never remember how to say his first name. The the guy out of Texas Tech, he's he's kind of an interesting fit in a uh and a four three just because he's a big dude and i don't know if he projects more as a is a good like you know uh three tech in a, in a three four or a, sorry a four three or if he can be a defensive end he's pretty big for a traditional defensive end um and then uh i'm trying to think who else there's the the kid from washington now i'm drawing a blank on his name as well i don't have a draft list in front of me uh miles murphy there we go um so yeah there's there's definitely some interesting names and I think ultimately, I know everybody wants to focus on the offensive line, and I agree. The the offensive line needs a lot of help. The Bears are going to have to get creative in terms of how I, I think they're. I think they need at least three new starters. Um, I think more realistically, I think you're going to see two for sure starters, and I think you could see some competition at like center or something like that. Um, but when you're looking at the D, you know, when you're looking at where the bears are going to pick, and I guess that's another thing we should probably touch on just because there's been some developments there um, over the last week, you know, obviously if the bears are sitting there at number one or number two, um, they're going to be a prime trade out destination just because, you know, there's probably going to, especially at number one, there's going to be a team that's going to want Bryce young, or I guess will Levis. I still don't understand that. I I can't imagine that he's going to be the first quarterback that goes off the board, but whatever. I mean, there's going to be some team that's probably going to be vying for that quarterback. But I think that when you're talking about trading down, and obviously we'll get way more to this, we'll beat this into the ground before before April rolls around for the draft. Um, I, but I think when you're when you're looking at trading down, I don't think you want to go down too far because, again, like if you're sitting there at number three, um, you're probably guaranteed Will Anderson and you know one of Will Anderson or Jalen Carter, right? But then all of a sudden, if let's just say like Indiana, Indianapolis ends up at like number five and they're looking to trade up for a quarterback and you trade up with them or you trade down with them, then all of a sudden you're sitting there at five. You know, Will Anderson's not going to be there. It's a toss up to whether Jalen Carter is going to be there. It's probably going to be still too early to take an offensive lineman. So that's kind of where the Bears are going to have to balance in terms of what they're, you know, what they're going to be able to do, um, you know, in, in terms of the defensive line and the offensive line and what they're going to be able to do early in the draft um, with that high pick that they're going to have. Yeah, and and there's a path now to that number one pick. I mean, Houston just got a win over the weekend against Tennessee, and, and their their last two games are, are very winnable. I, I think they got um, they got Jacksonville this week, I think. Um, let me double check that. Yeah, um, they got Jacksonville this week, and then they have the Colts in Week 18. Is, yeah, and, uh, and that Colts, that Week 18 Colts game, man, they could win that game. The Colts look awful. The Colts are really, really bad. Um, so there is a path to that number one seed for the Bears, but also, man, I mean, I look at it, and it's not, it's not, you know, a guarantee the Bears win or the Bears lose both of their two games. Like, so I, who I, knew? Who knew? Just I just I just need to say this because it yeah, feels no. like it needs to be said. Who knew that Jeff Saturday was going to be an awful hire? <laughs> Shocker, right? I mean, 
Yeah, it's like they won the one game. And everybody's just dunking over everybody, and it's like okay. And then they've lost five straight. And dude, they don't look like a real football team right now. Like legitimately, they don't look like an NFL team. Sorry, I just had to say that. No, no, that you're, was you're the right. most 100%. asinine thing I've ever seen. No, I mean, I've watched a couple of their games this year, two or three with him as head coach, and I look at them like, man, like if they actually had a somewhat competent head coach not named Jeff Saturday or even not named Nathaniel Hackett, like they would have two more, two or three more wins. Like he's cost them some games and watch them against the Chargers last night. I mean, they were just, they were, they were bad. I mean, three points, they have Nick Foles starting, but this is what happens when you try to, you know, take veteran quarterbacks and, and, and try to build them up again and give them a shot. Carson Wentz. Um, Matt Ryan, Nick Foles, and you don't draft quarterbacks early, it, it backfires. But I mean, the Bears, you know, it, it would be so bare for them to right now be in a position where, hey, there's a path for the number one pick overall. And I'm not saying they're actively tanking. I'm not saying they're going, the coach are t- going out there and telling them, hey, lose, 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 lose. I think it's in the best interest for the Bears to lose as many games the rest of the way. Um, but like there's a path for the number one seed and it would just be something for them to beat the Vikings second and third stringers to spoil that. And not only that, but like everything falls the wrong way and they're picking what fifth, sixth instead. Um, Because there's a lot of value. I mean, having number one pick obviously is the most value, but there's a big difference in value of having number two to number three and even, you know, even more from number two to number five. So, or number six. So it, it it's, it's something to kind of watch. You know, I, I know people hate the, Oh, well they're tanking, blah, blah, blah. I don't want them to lose. I'll never root for the bears to lose. I think it is in their best interest for them to lose these next two games and Houston to win one more, because if that happens, the bears will be picking number one. And, and, and guess what that leads to? That leads to multiple offers with big trade packages for that number one pick, or it leads to you guaranteeing you're getting the guy you're you want. And you're, you know, the old saying goes, scout the player, don't scout the position. And the Bears are gonna have the chance to get the best player in this draft if they can scout well, if they're picking number one. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, well, and it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting because we we pretty much know, and I've kind of posted about this on Twitter, and I know everybody's been talking, you know, just talking about it as a whole. But the Bears are 
we're in a position where we're down the last two weeks of the season, right? So the the worst that the Bears can pick right now would be number seven overall. And that's and kind of keep in mind that's with Indianapolis and Houston playing. Uh, Atlanta and Arizona also play this next week. So, you know, kind of keep that in mind um, as well, because obviously if Atlanta and Indy win their games and all of a sudden that would mean that the worst that the Bears can do, even if they win the last two games and win five games would be number five overall. And that's not counting, you know, what happens with the Rams uh, or anything else. And then, yeah, so, I mean, really, you've got a situation right now where this is basically how it breaks out. Number seven overall would be the absolute worst case scenario if they win two games and somehow Indy loses their last two. And, you know, both the Rams, uh, you know, the Rams, Atlanta and whatever. And, you know, if Arizona basically ended up with five wins as well, whatever, that would be the worst case scenario. If they went one and one, which means they beat either Detroit or Minnesota over these next two weeks, the worst that they can do is number four overall. And that's assuming that Denver doesn't win again, which let's be honest, uh, after seeing them last week against a team that had the same record as they did, uh, that's been struggling just as much as they did. Um, yeah, that doesn't seem very likely. Arizona is another one, man. They had their chance and they didn't get it done. So that kind of gives your breakdown there. If the Bears lose out, the worst that they can do, obviously, is the number two. They're the only team in the league with three wins right now. But since uh, Houston is Houston's been playing a lot better football, like they've had two games in a row before this last week when they won, they had two games in a row where they took really damn good teams down to the wire and either lost in the you know final seconds of the game or lost uh, in overtime. Uh, Kansas City, I can't remember what the other game was. So Houston's got Jacksonville, like you I pointed think it was, out. Uh, was it the Rams? One of those no, games? it wasn't. It was a good. It was, it was recently, good, wasn't it? It was a good team. It was week. Uh, well, let me just look it up real quick because I've I've got the app open. It was week um, thirteen, I think. Let me see. Um, no, maybe it wasn't week. No, hold on. I, now I'm drawing a blank on who I was looking for. Houston. There we go. Let's see. Um, Houston. No, it wasn't the Browns game. So I guess it was week fourteen. Um, let's see. Oh, it was the Cowboys. They had the lead on the Cowboys like throughout the majority of that game, and they lost 27-23. Uh, I think there was like 30 seconds left to go when, when uh, Tony Pollard got into the end zone. But either way, I mean, they've been playing a lot better. So they got the Jaguars, and then they got the Colts. Uh, week seven or week 18 and so yeah i mean there's there's a real if the bears can find a way to lose out and again you know you don't want to root for losses but at the same time do these last two games and winning another game or two really mean a whole lot in the grand scheme of things i don't think they do i think there's a lot more benefit in them losing out and either picking number two or number one overall and i don't know man i this is my gut feeling um I have a feeling that Houston's going to win. I think they're going to win in week 18. I think they're going to beat uh, the Colts. That probably end up being a close game. I My personal feeling is I think the Bears are going to pull out a win over one of these next two games. Detroit is so damn unpredictable. They play really well. And they had that that game against Carolina last week where they just they looked horrible. Uh, and then, you know, with the Minnesota game, I think that's kind of up in the air right now because the number one seed is almost just, it, it's almost, it's just not even, it's almost not even worth talking about because not only does Philly have the head to head matchup, uh, but they also have a game up on, on the Vikings. So basically what would have to happen is uh, basically Philly would have to lose their last two and Minnesota would have to win the last two. So if Philly somehow loses, and again, Minnesota's not even a guaranteed win this week uh, coming up because they have they have Green Bay. I mean, they have Green Bay, um, you know, at home in Green Bay. So that's going to be a tough game with the way Green Bay's been playing lately. Uh, but I think the only thing that can keep them 
playing their starters in week 18 is the fact that they're a game up on San Francisco right now, but San Francisco does have the tiebreaker on them. They're a game up on San Francisco for that number two seed. Now, the number two seed doesn't guarantee a bye, but it does guarantee two home playoff games, assuming that you win the first one. And there is some value in that. So that's the only thing that I think will keep the Vikings playing. Obviously, you hope that somehow Philly the ideal situation, which is possible that Philly somehow loses this weekend without Jalen hurts again. And Minnesota, you know, pulls out a win. And then all of a sudden they're playing for that number one seed. Cause obviously if they're playing for the number one seed going to week 18, then they're going to, they're going to play their starters. Uh, but I just have this feeling and I don't know why, but I have a feeling that Houston is going to lose one more game. And I have a feeling that somehow, some way the bears are going to find a way to win one of these next two games. I kind of feel like it's going to be this weekend against Detroit and it's going to kind of throw things out of whack a little bit. And all of a sudden, all that focus for that number one overall pick is going to go out the window and probably number two as well. Yeah, I mean, that's that's that is absolute worst case scenario. Um, again, I'll never root for the Bears to lose games. But I mean, this this is just for the better for them. If, if you know, they want to change their their franchise around, you know, quicker than uh, maybe what the plan is. But. Yeah, Aaron, uh, before we get into this um, Detroit Lions game here in week 17, we have to tell our listeners about Odds Trader. Odds Trader is the number one spot on, on the internet to compare all major odds for, or compare all the odds for all major sports books. You can compare the different sign up codes, promotions, odds, get you the best deal, the best odds, all for your gambling needs. The app also provides player statistics, key game stats, injury reports, projected game day weather, and much more. My favorite tool on Odds Trader is the Bet Tracker. It allows you to keep track of all your bets throughout the day, throughout the week. College football bowls are going on right now. We have the NFL still going on with the playoffs, NBA, NHL. Um, yeah, you, you want to make sure you get into Odds Trader. Go to oddstrader.com slash blue wire. Oddstrader.com slash blue wire. Odds Trader, the number one site for all your game day bets. So week 17, the Bears are now on the road. They are going to Detroit to face a Lions team that beat the Bears a couple weeks ago, and it was pretty much the Bears falling apart. They had a two-score lead in, in the second half late. Everything came crumbling down. Um, they got the go-ahead score again and, and then gave it up. Could not go march down the field and score once again. And that win kind of propelled the Lions into a spot where, you know, Detroit has a slim chance, but at least they have a, a chance – at the playoffs. So Detroit has a lot to play for. And to me, man, they're, they're a pretty damn good team. I know they got their butts whooped um, last week in Carolina. Maybe they're not a great team. Maybe they're a team that's kind of just finding their ways and starting to learn how to win and, and put it all together. But, I mean, they, they've kind of turned it around as of late, and, and I think this will be an interesting game because, like I said, the Bears did keep up with them or you know earlier on this, this season. They probably should have won this game. Um, but yeah, now the Bears will have a chance to get some revenge here on the road. And and it, what's kind of interesting about this is if the Bears win against the Lions on Sunday and Green Bay manages to beat the Vikings, that's going to help the Packers jump the Lions um, with a Week 18 showdown at Lambeau Field in the playoff race. So the Bears could really help the Packers or they could kind of hurt the Packers here. Yeah, well, and it's funny because you say they, they they absolutely should have beat the, the Lions. Man, that was the game that they absolutely should have won. They controlled the majority of the game. It felt like they were about to run away with it at one point. But again, like, you know, typical Bears fashion this year, they find a way to crumble 
in the late parts of the third quarter and the fourth quarter. And that's just kind of how it's been. So yeah, it'll be, I, I feel like one way or another, this game's going to be close because like you said, man, with the way that the NFC playoff picture is shaking out right now, the lions are, they control their own destiny almost as much as the Packers do. I know everybody wants to talk about the Packers and you know how the Packers are going to sneak in and they have the best chance at everybody. But if you really look at it, Right now, you have Seattle, Detroit, and Green Bay that are all sitting there at 7-8. and eight. They're a half game behind Washington, who's 7-7-1. Seven, seven, it sounds like they're going to go back to Carson Wentz. I, I don't know, man. You look at Washington's schedule right now, um, and they've got the Browns and the Cowboys. And I just – I don't know, man. I, I mean, the Browns are one of those – they're week in and week out. They're one of the most inconsistent teams out there, but they do have a good roster. Um, Seattle has been really faltering lately. They have the Jets and the Rams, so they've obviously got a shot as well. But then you look at Detroit, and obviously they got the Bears and the Packers, and then the Packers have um, you know, uh, Minnesota and the Lions. So yeah, this is this is a big game for Detroit because yes, while they did fall flat on their faces this last week, it's also one of those things that they're still I mean they didn't they didn't lose any ground they're still a half game back now Green Bay is obviously the team that everybody's talking about but if you really look at it I mean Seattle has probably the easiest uh remaining schedule of the two here of the three teams that are still kind of vying for that spot and really right now man the the Giants haven't exactly locked up anything yet either I mean they're obviously on the they're they're on the up and up and they're probably going to end up you know getting into uh getting into that sixth seed but yeah, there's a lot for the Lions to play for. Um, you know, I, I expect it to be a close game one way or another. I mean, frankly, at this point in time, I mean, how can you not expect a close game for at least the first three quarters with the Bears? I mean, they play two of the best teams in back-to-back weeks, and they've had, you know, going into the fourth quarter, at some point in the fourth quarter, even late in the third quarter, it has been a one-score game. I mean, this team has hung around. They've been a problem for teams all year. I don't expect that to be any different for Detroit. Uh, crazy thing is if Detroit wins this game, this will be the first time since 2017 that they've they swept the Bears in a season. So I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting. I do agree. Uh, I think Detroit has been playing a lot better. I think their biggest downfall right now is the fact that their defense is just bad, man. I don't I don't really know how else to put it. I mean, they gave up, what was that, 35 points to – there's either 35 or 38 to Carolina. I mean, that's just that's, – that's insane considering how bad Carolina has been lately. Uh, but again, they have a really good offense. So I think that this is the type of game, at least for me, that Justin Fields can get back on track. Uh, Detroit doesn't have a great pass rush. They only have 30 sacks on the season, which is somehow 12 in front of the Bears, which is just crazy that Detroit's in the bottom the bottom five in the league right now um, in, in sacks. And they're, they're that far ahead of the Bears right now just because of how bad the Bears have been. But yeah, I think we're going to be in for probably an offensive shootout, a back-and-forth game, and, and probably something that comes down to the wire again, much like their uh, their last matchup. Yeah, Car- Carolina ran all over them in the first half. I think they had 250 rushing yards in the first half against the Lions defense. So, yeah, that's that's an area I think the Bears will be able to exploit. They got Khalil Herbert back. David Montgomery's been running pretty hard um, and running pretty well. So, yeah, you know, if the Bears want to – Unleash Justin Fields again. There, there's your weakness in, in Detroit's defense, and we didn't really see Fields rush a lot against the Bills. Buffalo did do a good job limiting him. I think he had 11 rushing yards on, on seven attempts. He just couldn't get out the pocket really. And we have a banged up offensive line, and you know it allows the defense to get pressure with four. You're going to have a spy and a guy watching Justin Fields at, at all times. So. 
we'll kind of see how the Bears handle this one going going into the for the game plan. But yeah, it, it's a it's a winnable game. It is a winnable game for the for the Bears. Um, let's kind of see how it goes. But you know, as we always do, we do give our predictions and our X factor. I, I think you went first last week, Aaron. Um, so I'll go first this week. Um, I think the Lions are going to win. I think it's going to be Detroit twenty-seven, Chicago twenty-four. I think it'll be close. I think Detroit comes down, kicks a field goal at the end, um, wins the game. My X factor is going to be that that rush offense for the Bears. Can Detroit stop them on the ground? You'll have Khalil Herbert. You'll have David Montgomery, Justin Fields. Can the Bears exploit that? Um, lean on that. It wouldn't shock me if the Bears ran the ball, you know, 30, 35 times and kind of limited the passing by, you know, Justin Fields. And this is one of those weird games where maybe he has like 95 yards passing or hundred and not because he's missing open guys, but you know, more because they just, they, they want to run the ball and, and that's kind of their, their game plan. So yeah, I'll go Detroit 27, um, Chicago 24. Yeah, I, I, I'm definitely in a similar boat. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's definitely going to come down on the wire. Um, as far as score prediction, I'm actually going to go – I'll go 31-27 Bears. I, I, Dude, I don't know why, man. I just got this weird feeling that the Bears are going to somehow pull out this game. Um, as far as the X factor goes, really, um, you know, I, I, I just think it's, it's the Bears protecting Justin Fields because this is the type of game – Detroit has been playing. Their defense has been playing a little bit better as of late outside of that Carolina game. But this is a type of game where the Bears should be able to throw the ball, run the ball, do whatever they need to do. Um, I mean, Sam Darnold averaged over 11 yards per passing attempt uh, this last week, which is just absolutely insane to me. Um, So, yeah, this should be – if you're looking for Justin Fields to have one of those, like, breakout games or maybe, you know, something that's going to get him close to 300 yards, if not over, this is probably the game. Now, I wouldn't say that he's going to have 300 yards passing – uh, but I do think that this is going to be the type of game. Hopefully you get some of your receivers back and then obviously going against a defensive front that hasn't got to the quarterback a lot. I think that this is the type of game for the bears uh, that they really have to rely on the offensive line. Um, and obviously they got to score points. If they're going to win the game, they got to score points. They don't have the defense uh, that they did earlier in the year that they have in years past where, you know, they could score 17 points and win the game. So that's, that's going to be my X factor is going to be that offensive line giving Justin Fields time uh, allowing the run game to get going because as much as we like to hype up the run game, if you take Justin Fields out of that mix, which we saw last week, all of a sudden the Bears' run game is not that good. So yeah, that's that's where I'm at. I like I said, I'm not rooting for the Bears to lose, but I do kind of hope I'm wrong on my prediction. I just I don't know, man. I just I had that feeling like there's just a weird feeling that I have over these next two weeks. The Bears are going to win a game, so if they lose, I'm going to pick them again for for Minnesota <laughs> just because I just I had that feeling. So we'll see. Well, well, two games left, Aaron, and then we'll be talking more about the offseason. It's kind of crazy how things have, have flown by, but like we've mentioned, man, it's going to be a wild, wild, and very important offseason for Ryan Poles and the Chicago Bears. So it'll be a fun one to cover and not kind of just, you know, not, not say we go through the motions, but, you know, not kind of a basic one or definitely be different than what we've seen here um, in years past. So, Aaron, where can everyone follow you on Twitter? Where can they read your work at? Yep, you can find me at Aaron Lemming NFL on Twitter, and you can read my work at thebearreport.com. And you can follow the Bear Report on Twitter. It's just Bear Report. You can follow me on Twitter. It's Zach, Z A C K underscore Pearson. Um, make sure to rate, review, subscribe on all major podcasting platforms. Um, really helps out our podcast as well as picks for polls. As I mentioned, we're going to have you covered throughout the entire offseason. We'll have next week's episode, a game recap, game preview. 
And then we'll kind of shift things into the offseason. Maybe talk a little bit um, NFL playoffs as they begin very soon. But until then, everyone, please stay safe. Please stay healthy.